Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Back to the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside Nine, the uh, Outside 90 Fan Network. I'm not going to delete this and start again. Let's just keep going. It's James, Scott, and Griffin with you today in place of Adam. So, so yes, now you're getting a real sense of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, but this time I didn't swear, so we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So segment two, we're going to go all Asian here, and the Raw talking about their Asian Champions League qualifier win. And, yeah, so I mean, hours after we finished recording episode 19 last week, the Raw took on the big spending Shanghai Shenhua and came away surprise victors thanks to a spectacular first half. Brandon Barello and Tommy Orr got the two goals before half-time. And you could tell Orr really enjoyed that goal, by the way. So it means the Raw are now guaranteed another fix- six fixtures in the group stage of the Asian Champions League. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's talk about the game. Scott, what did you think of the first goal? Well, I saw the first goal because we were also recording here late last week. So I got home... In the fifth minute, it was already 1 0. So I didn't actually see it till halftime, but it was a fantastic goal from Brenda Barello. I know, I just wanted you to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> no, that volley was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, complete quality all around. Good ball in from, I think it was Tommy Orr. And Brandon Barello just completely did the best what he could with it. And that was Tommy Orr's best game by far for the mm. Raw since he's been back. Yeah, talk about putting yourself in the shop window. Like, performances Absolutely. like that will do it for Tommy Orr. Yeah, it's been linked to moves into Asia, and this is. Keeps this up in the Champions League, he's going to be snapped up really quick. And also, like talking about players in the last segment that have really stepped up lately, I think Orr might actually be the biggest improver out of everybody. What about Borello? Well, Borello's actually been yeah. consistent when he's been on the field. He but hasn't I- been playing lately. That's mm. the thing. I mean, since he's been back in the side, he's been arguably the best player on the field every game, basically. But yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying what we're seeing from Tommy Orr. Like, the end product still isn't entirely there, but... I feel like he could be the X factor for the Roar over these next few months. Oh, especially in the Champions League. Getting in between the lines with... Especially against like a Chinese side like Shanghai who aren't as disciplined and they're still a bit rusty because they're just hitting the start of their season. That could provide a little spark. A little something extra that we need. One thing I noticed about the Shanghai side, though, it was very, very top-heavy. Like You had guys like yep. Te- Tevez and Obafemi Martins, but... And Moreno, the captain, number 10. Yeah, but even, but beyond that, it was a little bit rubbish. Yeah, they weren't. They were a bit overrated, I think. People just looked at the front third and just, oh, wow, they're going to be amazing. And they didn't really do that much. I mean, Martin's probably the best of the three. Tevez was absolutely anonymous. We Moreno didn't luck do a little, much. Though. And Martin's was, he had a couple of decent chances. but Was it luck? Well, Oberfemi Martin's missing an open goal. Yeah, that's luck. Jamie Young clawing that save where he should have put it on the other side. We did. We could have conceded. We did play well, but we very well could have been two all. Oh yeah, I I get that, but at the end of the day, like Shanghai didn't bury their chances, and the Raw did. And oh I, no, no, but like it wasn't due to us that Shanghai didn't bury their chances. Obafemi Martins had an absolute howler of a game. Not the Obafemi Martins as well. Better than Tevez. Yeah, yeah, better than Tevez, but still, he had the opportunities, yeah. and he's made a complete meal of them. It's why he didn't last at clubs like Newcastle, came onto the scene at Newcastle, was meant to be their next Alan Shearer, lasted, what, 18 months? Maybe a little bit longer? Yeah. Bouncing around since, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but 
I thought defensively, like, it was a good effort from the Raw. They did play quite well, and it was pretty much the first choice back line. It was the first choice back line until Hingit went off with his ankle injury. That was a 2-0, point. and then Bowles came on, so that was the first choice defence plus the backup, so... That was a big blow losing Hingit as well. But probably a good thing for Bowles to come on at that time. That would have been a shrewd move either way. Bowles has got that bit of extra height, bit more stability at the back, more of a central defender, so he provides that extra shut-up shot material. I think he would have come on anyway because he looked at the bench that night. Bowles was the only one who had any experience at all. The rest were all the, young, the youth players. So he was coming on regardless at some point in the second half. It was just a matter of for who, really. Mm. But... And another player at the back who had a pretty decent game was Jamie Young. And I feel like this is going to be the start of a fairly decent debate across a lot of Raw fans. But Jamie Young, another clean sheet. Scott, do you feel like he might be sort of making a case to become the regular first-team goalkeeper for the Raw? In the Champions League, sure. I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, you saw Aloisi mention he didn't take Theo purely because of the age. I mean, you mentioned the Alistair Lisbon Lions thing a couple of weeks ago, James. I mean, maybe that's going to be the case. Michael Theo will not travel for the away Champions League games, in which case Jamie Young's got a, a few games here to play. Well, I suppose they're not going to start Tomislav Bilic over yeah. Jamie Young. No, I, I'm a bit baffled as to why Tom, um, sorry, Jamie Young wasn't starting anyway in the A-League. Yes, his distribution isn't at the level of Michael Theo, but Michael Theo's also made a few howlers throughout the season. I don't see why Jamie Young ever got dropped. But given Jamie Young's history of howlers in his own right, do you feel like maybe those would have been repeated anyway, regardless of who was starting. What about last season, though, when Jamie Young actually stepped into the role quite well? Didn't he throw the ball between his legs and nearly give up an own goal? Did he concede the own goal, though? <laughs> no, he did come into the side towards the end of the year, though, Jamie Young. Yeah, he, came, he definitely came into his own stride, and then start of the season, he's dropped again. Yes, something might have happened in pre-season that Theo I think it's more the fact himself. that Theo's perceived as an experienced, safe pair of hands, because he's got the, the three tempted to the raw five all up. I think that's more... Whether it's reality or not, it's the perception, so... Uh, I, I admit, this is probably going to come across as a little bit bitter and jaded, but guess what I am? I, <laughs> one reason that I really don't want Jamie Young starting is because you've got the Jamie Young fan club, which just say, oh, Jamie Young would have saved that when, what, Dimas put in that perfect free kick. And you just look at some of them and go, are you actually watching the same game? Because, okay, yeah, Jamie Young, I give him, he is a phenomenal shot stopper, probably, yeah. like, far and away the best one at the club, but... All around, I feel like he's got a lower floor than Theo. And I suppose over the course of a league season, you don't want a guy that's going to potentially cost you three points. But a shot stopper can save you as well. Yeah. We don't... I guess it depends. Aloisi, it depends on what Aloisi favours. Does he favour someone who can play out with his feet like Pep Guardiola? Have a look how that's going for Pep. Yeah. But, but also, again, with Theo, like how many games this season has he saved? Like I remember that run... Sydney, West Sydney, yeah. and Adelaide, where he had a whole boatload of saves. And, okay, yeah, he had the bad one against Western Sydney where it went straight through his hands, but it could have been a lot worse had somebody else been starting. Oh, potentially. Um, they're both decent keepers. We're, we're blessed with two quality keepers. Yeah, I think if you look at some of the old teams around the league, they would love to have either of Theo mm. or Young as their options. I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with Theo to keep playing. I think he's a, I think he's a better keeper. I prefer... Theo Young, I just I get nervous watching Young. There's a clanger coming. Yeah, that's it. And you always get. It's kind of like a Quade Cooper for the Queensland Reds. You, I remember when he was developing as a player, you were sort of watching him through the, your fingers, going, "Okay, this is either going to be a spectacular try one way or an intercept going the other way." If I watched the Reds, I might have seen that. <laughs> well, I'm just trying. To, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to bring in other <laughs> sports here. You know, it's a global game, so I don't know. There was going to be more to that, but 
Yeah, you're right. I think if Jamie Young or Michael Theo got on the open market, either one of them would probably start walk on to five A-League clubs. Yeah, at least half the league would have either of them open arms. All right, so we're going to move on to the Raw's group. We've got Muang Tong United with their game on Tuesday, and you've got Ulsan Hyundai and Kashmir Antlers. So, Scott, we've got a couple of reunions coming up, I think. Yes, Dimitri Petrados will be back next week. Oh, and- next week, um, end of May, I think it is, when the Ulsan comes to the Suncorp Stadium. And I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see when uh, Costa Petrados comes back as well, because isn't it a family deal or something? <laughs> That's what they got at the Jets anyway. <laughs> Griffin, how optimistic are you about the squad side, uh, squad's chances of progressing to the last 16? Good. I think we've got a good chance of progressing. Realistically, we should be finishing, at worst, third, very close to second. That's, that's the worst we can possibly finish. Pass mark's getting out of the group, and I don't see why we can't top it. You're a honestly. harsh marker. Pass mark wasn't beating Shanghai? No, not now. Now that yeah. we're here, like, why, do, why not dream a bit bigger? Yeah. Why not look to do a Wanderers? Like, that might be a yeah. bit out of the scope, but why not? No, I think it's going to come down to the two games against Ulsan. It's doing the Korean teams that have stopped the Raw going through in the past. But I do think they've got a good chance. I'm just wondering at some point, is the Raw's A-League ambitions and Champions League ambitions going to clash? And is there going to be a point where they're going to have to say it's one or the other? And with the injuries that are going on at the moment, yeah. like, have you heard anything about the status of Jack Hingham? I've heard he's out for the game against Perth and Montong United, and he'll be back for the A-League game. Is it Wellington the week after? Yeah, at home. I think he's back for that, so probably we'll get in segment four maybe, but Dane Ingham's probably going to play both these games now. Yeah, especially... Well, Daniel Bowles is gone, yeah, so, so might... we're really running short on options now. I, I, I kind of feel like... You remember, was it the 2015 campaign where they were playing down on the Gold Coast? You've got to remember, they were mathematically in it going into that last game, and it might have actually been more than maths. I think if they won, they were through. No, it was, they needed a result one way or the other in yeah. the other game. It was a draw, okay. but it was, that was an interesting well because Tyson and Beth had two squads. The A-League squad, and then the, other, the A squad and the B squad, and sometimes they play different competitions. Remember the youth team played... Number 41, yes. Yeah, basically just to, to keep players fresh for midweek games. So he just basically, right, I'm splitting the squad. I think Aloisi's going to do that. Yeah, Aloisi's an experienced campaigner yeah, in Europe yeah. as well. He's been yeah. there, he's done it, he knows that to compete on multiple fronts, you need to rotate players. Yeah, he's going to be more rotations, bringing players in between. It's not going to be two split squads. So Yeah, well, I... I think at some point he's going to have to make a decision, though. It may actually be in week one of the finals when you've got a home a potential home final then you're away in Thailand and then week two of the finals potentially that, that, maybe that's the point where you're going to have to make a decision also depends if we've already qualified yeah. for the next round it's all very much yeah. up in the air because one thing we've noticed with the A-League ladder it's yeah. still a fluid situation yeah. and I think okay Sydney FC at the top they're pretty much home I and host I think you can put book victory for second as well they're yeah. seven points clear I don't think we can catch them Not with, with the Champions amount of League left. in no. hand as well so, well, if it wasn't for yeah. Champions League, you think maybe they could make a run? Because yeah. victory had been kind of inconsistent. We are going to get onto yeah. that in segment three, though. We have to also make sure we finish in the top four to get that home final week one as well. Because if we've got to go away in week one, then away in Thailand, then away again, potentially, if we were to win, that starts to get really hectic. And I think we're going to probably talk about the Raw's home form compared to away form yeah. in A-League finals around about, what, April 16th, give yeah, or take? when the finals start. Yeah, so... Let's look ahead to Tuesday night. I know it's, what, six days away compared to when we're talking now, but it's Muantong United. It's a Thai side. The Raw's sole game against a Thai opposition was that nil-nil draw. Snooze fest. Yeah, Yeah. with the penalties where I think the... I'm not going to say the Raw players missed them on purpose, but I honestly think they just wanted to get out of dodge. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a dreadful game, that, wasn't it? Yeah. Painful. Very painful. The players might have been going, we don't really deserve to advance after that performance. I don't know. But, uh, Griffin, are you 
overall optimistic about the chances of winning this game? Against Wang Tong? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I don't see why we shouldn't go into every game feeling like we can't win. We've got a good squad. I think everybody underestimates how good our squad actually is, yeah. whether it be on paper or you go rock up to games and everybody should be looking going, we can win this game. Even when we play the likes of Sydney FC, Shanghai, Melbourne Victory, we have on paper one of the best squads in the league. And I think it's a bit... The position we're in is good, being in third place, but the fact we're so close to the chasing pack and so far away from the top two is a bit disappointing, personally, yeah. for me. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. I, but I also think... Okay, just focusing purely on the Asian Champions League. By the way, Scott's wearing the uh, initial... Asian Champions League away jersey yep. today for those of you interested in the show's fashion. <laughs> but the last two Asian Champions League campaigns, the Raw fans have gone in really optimistic. Like yeah. I remember that first game against Tokyo, I was thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be a case of how much they're going to win by, almost like what it was against... So you underestimated FC Tokyo, didn't you? Yeah, you oh, well yeah. and truly underestimated FC Tokyo. Abs- Absolutely. But that's what I mean. Like, how many times... And that happened as well in that uh, second season yeah. where everyone was thinking, oh, they're going to finish... Well, I know I was far and away thinking, okay, it's going to be a clear top two. So no, could, there, could there be a false dawn here again? don't think there's a clear top two, but I think there's a clear top three. I don't think any of these three sides should be... That was two years ago, like with Beijing. And... Yeah, yeah. But I don't think anybody should be really... On paper, Wontong United should not be a concern. It's the Thai Premier League. Yes... They, they finished the top of their league. The Premier league though, so. Yeah, and they won their first game on the weekend, 4-0. But, and they do have some quality players. They have Zisco, who used to play for Newcastle United. Um, but apart from that, their squad's a lot of tied players. And I feel like, realistically, we should have the upper hand over them. Careful writing off tied players, though. Ange Postacoglu can tell you all about <laughs> Australian teams losing to Thailand. So, But I do think this game's massively important. It's a home game. You only get three in the Champions League. Mm. It's at a time when we have an opportunity to manage the squad well. You've got an okay way trip to Perth, but a home game to Wellington after it. So you should be able to prioritise this game here. And, and a decent bit of rest in, yeah. after this game as well. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, look, I, expect- I, don't think, I don't think it's a must win because we all said Beijing at home and Match Day 1 two years ago was must win and they didn't win it because we all thought they'd go to all, um, Urawa and lose and they, and they surprised so, everyone and won. So I don't think we can say it's must win, but I think... Getting coming out of this game with something is absolutely important. important yeah. Oh yeah, we'll consider. Yeah, we'll consider the last two Champions League group stage openers, the yeah. Roar of Lost, and yeah. that is going to be very important for them to get off on a good start. We're going to predict this game in segment four. Oh, just feel free to go as ridiculous as you want with predictions. By the way. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. has Adam not used yeah. that. If you're <laughs> going ten nil, it's fine. <laughs> Actually, that was one quick story I just remembered. They have announced officially that the games are going to be played at Suncorp Stadium. I know there was a yeah. little bit of a concern there, but. Uh, I think Mark Kingsman confirmed that over the weekend. I think they're only opening up the um, yes. east and the north and maybe the south. For, purely for TV p- purposes. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.